Welcome to Behind the Sims. At SaberSim, we're a team of professional gamblers, data scientists, and sports nerds building the best DFS optimizer and sports betting model on the market. This podcast is a behind-the-scenes look at how we do it. Every episode is an unedited recording of our team's actual conversations as we research, analyze, and iterate our way to answering the tough questions in DFS and sports betting. Whether we're answering questions like what's the best way to build your bankroll, analyzing different ways to diversify, or even building new models, we're going to share it all right here and we aren't holding anything back. If you're ready to go deep into what it really takes to win, then this is a podcast for you. All right, cool. So I'm uh, hopping in for Andy this week while he uh, begins his paternity leave. Uh, So uh, I guess, Matt, I will just go ahead and let you get us started maybe with kind of a a quick update of, of where things stand this week. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, we don't have, I was hoping that we would have more um, actual results and data to look at after talking last week. Um, the The summary is that there's just been a lot of uh, roadblocks with setting the contest sim up in the cloud. Um, as, as we talked about in the previous weeks, we are basically... Um, the goal was to have the uh, like VMs in the cloud running the contest sims so that we could kick off a bunch of slates at once. Um, so we did basically over the past week or week and a half, um, I did set up that infrastructure uh, and it is like mostly or sort of working. Um, so basically I, I can kick off um, slates uh, and then we basically will run like a build or multiple builds. What we talked about before was for higher variance, uh, for higher sim precision, um, because there is more randomness involved in terms of the sampling of the sims. Um, we're going to run like multiple builds. And then in the analysis step, we'll just sort of like average out those builds <clears throat> um, to kind of figure out like the average performance of those settings. So uh, each slate we're running you know it's probably about 1500 or more builds of like every combine every um different combination of the three sliders and then like some of them multiple uh the higher base the higher the variance we're doing more builds i think we're only doing like three for the highest and then like two in the middle tier and then one for the lower variance uh, lower sim precision um so that's all working uh basically there's just uh, the issue now is that like there's kind of these bottlenecks where if we run a bunch of slates at once, we're like kicking off 10,000 to like 50,000 builds at the same time. And our build infrastructure is not really um, set, you know, it's set up for our like normal kind of user uh, traffic, which is generally not like every single user running like dozens of builds, uh, you know, it's like, it's way higher scale than what our infrastructure is normally um, accepting. So um, I discussed this a little bit with Elijah this week. Um, Elijah's sort of been uh, working on just other unrelated projects uh, while I dig into this. So I want to just go over where I'm at with this and kind of the, the ideas that I've had, which I think are um, fixing the issues of the kind of the bottleneck, uh, but also I think there'll be improvements to how we use this sim moving forward. So the first thing is that I'm going to set it up 
to basically like we're going to just run the builds as a separate process and just save the like IDs of all those builds and you know all of the lineups and everything are already stored um and so we'll just like run all these builds for all these slates separately um and that way they can kind of be we can run them in a way that there isn't going to be this bottleneck where they like time out or any of that we can run it over like a few days like over the weekend um we did have it set up so that it's not like touching production builds it's not going to be affecting user builds or our our database i kind of had it like separate from the database so there's it's pretty safe to just like run all of those separately but we want to do it in a way that's not going to like cost us like a ton of money and like server costs and stuff so uh we'll do that and then we have all those builds like already run for all of the slates and then what we'll do is um I'm going to have the, the sim essentially like uh, run, we're going to run the contest sim with just like some like chunks of builds at a time rather than all like 1500 at a time. That'll help with uh, sort of just splitting those up so that we can run a bunch of them once. And then um, we're going to store both the results of the, um, the actual contest entries uh in terms of like their scores and all of the distributions we're going to store those in the cloud and so that that way um we don't have to like do that calculation twice because we already have the sims from you know the actual like sims of the games um the entries in the contest aren't changing so like we should only have to do those calculations once so we're going to like store those so that like future if we want to run sims in the future, we don't have to like redo all of the like summing up like the scores of each lineup uh, in each sim. That'll all just be like ready to kind of reuse. And then we're going to do something similar with the lineups, where uh, and just to summarize, like the the process is like we score the entries, we score the lineups. So like here's the score of each lineup in the contest and each lineup in our build across all of our sims and then we take those scores and we calculate like the winnings of each lineup in each contest in each sim and so what we'll do is uh rather than just before we were kind of just storing the like metrics of like this is the average roi for this build this is the median roi for this build and all this um kind of aggregate summary statistics and uh because we want to use this contest sim in the future for not just slider defaults, but like testing new tools, testing um, how we're sorting the lineups, like testing Sabre score, testing whatever we want. Uh, it makes sense to just store the raw data there. So we're going to store like all of the, you know, the winnings of each lineup in each contest, in each sim. We're going to store all that in the cloud so that if we want to come back and say, hey, like, how much better or is saber score better than projected score in terms of pulling out the top 150 lineups out of the 500 lineup build we don't have to like rerun all the builds and re-simulate all the contests we can just say like okay well let's take all these builds we already have like the winnings of each con each lineup in each sim and let's just see like how do we maximize like the roi or like what's the average roi of the top 150 by saber score the top 150 by projected score. So um, that's 
basically what I'm working on is uh, like the, the just to summarize the two parts of it are um, preventing those bottlenecks in the processing of all the builds in uh, the cloud and then also kind of saving our results um, like more of the raw data of the results so that we can we don't have to duplicate that uh, those calculations and we can reuse them for other purposes in the future. So that's kind of in progress. I'm pretty close, but I think it'll probably be like what I'm hoping is that today I can at least get to a point where I can kick off a bunch of stuff over the weekend so that next week we can actually dig into the analysis there. Um, so that's that. Uh, the other part is what Elijah has been working on the past two days, which is kind of looking at the buckets. But before, like, do you guys have any questions about what I was describing with like the changes to that process? Do you want to go over any of that? I mean, yeah. I mean, so it sounds to me like basically we're trying to build a, an infrastructure that, so that this can be used and be repeatable for other projects later, right? Like there's, there's right. foundations that we're kind of building right now so that we can, we can do this again and, and do it quicker in the future. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, some of it is not going to be repeatable. If we want to test like, Hey, let's change how we're calculating ownership in the builder. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to just redo the builds, but we can still reuse like the, um, you know, all of the actual entries in each contest, we only need to score those once unless we're going to like run new sims. But assuming we are not rerunning the actual game sims and, um, you know, the contest entries aren't changing, like we can reuse all of that. So yeah, it's, it's like a few different steps in the process that we don't want to have to recalculate. So even if we had to rerun a bunch of new builds, we could still then sim those builds uh, like compare those builds against the entry scores and the sims that we already calculated. Um, but if we want to test different ways of like getting lineups from the existing builds, then we don't even have to rerun the builds. We can just, it'll be hopefully a pretty quick process to just like pull in all that data from the cloud and analyze it. Gotcha. Are we planning on doing something kind of similar like when football starts, then that that would probably start. That would probably require rerunning all the builds again, right? Yeah, yeah, obviously. So, you know, that's going to be a whole. Uh, right now, we're just talking about baseball, but yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, now that this infrastructure is up, it's it should be very easy to kick it off for football. Uh, there's obviously a lot more contests and bigger contests for football, but there's fewer games. So, um, you know, if we Hopefully it'll that kind of evens out a little bit. It'll probably be a similar uh, length of time. The, the only concern would be like for a million maker where there's you know two hundred thousand entries. Yeah. We have like two hundred thousand entries, and then each one we're simulating ten thousand times. I think it's yeah. going to be a pretty big like file that we're storing. So maybe that's not really going to be viable for like storing that all in the cloud because that's going to be like just a ton of data that's i don't know we'll see i'll kind of have to test around that um but hopefully it, the goal is to set up the infrastructure so that it's like repeatable for any sport that we have data for 
and sim sport. Yeah. Okay. The the last question I kind of had. So you you had said there's other like back testing projects we could do that would not require us to rebuild the lineups. What would be yeah. what would be an example of that? Because I'm having a hard time like kind of wrapping yeah. my head around that. So like the one I mentioned was like comparing sorting by projected score and saber score. So like Got right it. now when you run a build in saber sim, you know it, it might be a 500 lineup build, but then we take the top 150 by saber score, and the um, assumption there is that the that saber score is somewhat correlated to yeah. EV. Um, but we haven't, I mean, to be frank, we haven't done like the actual analysis into that. We've, it's just kind of theoretical, like, Hey, correlation is good. And, um, you know, upside is good uh, and you want that. So we're going to sort those to the top, but like, we want to prove that saber score is good. And then, you know, if that analysis shows that for whatever reason, like saber score, isn't a good metric for, um, measuring the ev of a lineup then we mm -hmm. either need to like fix saber score or not use it at least for like certain contest types or whatever like it's possible you know for cash we assume mm -hmm. that like projected score is probably at least similar to saber score because saber score doesn't incorporate really anything for cash but like maybe for a 100 man flat payout structure contest saber score doesn't really have much value it's like yeah. that's the kind of thing that but then there's other you know i think you've we've maybe uh, tease this a little bit, but we're working on a like lineup diversifier tool yeah. that will um, take a pool of lineups and not sort them necessarily in a specific way, but pull them out of the pool in a way that uh, reduces your risk while still maintaining, um, you know, plus EV lineups. And mm -hmm. so it's it'll be sort of a natural way of diversifying your pool from your lineup build and so again we can if we already have these builds then we can test like okay let's compare the average roi and like the median roi because that's sort of a metric for um like risk or like maybe the percentage of like the the or even like the 25th percentile roi you know as like this is like sort of the downside of the portfolio of lineups as a whole and so we could say, let's compare the top 150 by Sabre score, the top 150 by projection, and this the the 150 but diversified lineups, and see, like in in theory, the diversified lineups should be lower ROI, on average, mm -hmm. but much lower risk, so much probably higher median or higher 25th percentile or whatever. And so we can kind of compare, and and that'll let us prove like. Hey, this is this diversifier does what we are saying it does, which is it lowers risk. Um, and you know we have to figure out like how much ROI, average ROI, is like acceptable to sacrifice for that lowered risk. But at the very least, it needs to lower risk. If it doesn't lower risk, there's no point in diversifying your lineups. So, um, yeah, those are kind of two examples. Yeah, but basically, anything that's a, that's about um, selecting lineups out of the build where the build doesn't change, but which lineups we're actually playing or testing does change. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. And I guess one other thing just on top of that is like, we could also look at 
different characteristics of lineups um, within builds and say like, you know, across all these slates, do like five, three stacks do better than four, three or, or how do like, um, you know, like no stack lineups do compare. I mean, obviously like depending on the build settings, there might not be, it's kind of a biased sample, but I think there's other ways that we can analyze these builds um, by like looking at, you know, or the, the salary, like let's look at the EV mm-hmm. of each lineup in like salary buckets, like lineups that use, you know, are within $300 of the salary cap. How do those do compared to ones that are like more than a thousand dollars, you know, stuff like that. So. And when you say all the slates, are, are, we, are we actually saying like every slate from this season or like um, what, what's our. Yeah, I think we'll see. I, I think that every slate in the season is overkill. Yeah. Because it's just like a ton of, like we're already running a ton of sims and we're not using like actual results. So it's not like we have this sample size issue. There's a sample size issue in terms of like each slate is unique in terms mm-hmm. of like the player pool and the salaries and the, just the makeup of the slate, um, even two identically sized slates. One of them might have like five different viable high salary pitchers and another one right. might be just a bunch of scrub pitchers. And I think like the, uh, the makeup of the lineups are going to be different in those two. Um, so we want to like have a decent sample of like the different types of slates, but I don't think we need an entire season. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, so I feel like maybe that's actually like a good transition into the like bucketing conversation because like a question that comes to mind there is it, it feels like people just kind of take for granted that like, Oh, like a, a, a 12 game slate has something in common with other 12 game slates. But I'm curious, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure maybe we don't have like the findings yet to like really prove this, but how are we navigating like answering that question? Like if it actually does, like maybe like what you're saying, like maybe maybe a slate where uh, there are three pitchers over 10K that are projected over 20 points is actually more of like a consistent defining characteristic than a 12 game slate. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Yeah, we haven't talked much about that. Um, I, I'm curious, Elijah, I guess a bit of your thoughts as well, but I, I think what we could do, so, I mean, our plan right to begin with, I think was to sort of just average the results of like the different slate types. Yeah. So we might have like five different 12 game slates and we just sort of like take the average of those, but like we could kind of look at like, if we're noticing pretty big discrepancies in like say one 12 game slate, like high correlation is like the best and another one low correlation is the best um maybe it's just like variance but it almost makes you i mean i think that gets tricky with when we're determining the slider defaults is like we can't yeah i mean that might be a place where obviously like we'll set the defaults to be whatever's best overall but maybe that's a place where users can add a little bit of value if we did if we see like hey look you know when there's like a bunch of if we see there's these different results, maybe we dig into mm-hmm. the slates a little bit more. Um, and I think that'll maybe be like a down the road analysis. Like we'll do this initial analysis, get the slider defaults better. Yeah. And then, and then like maybe look at the like actual buckets that we have in the app of like, you know, uh, one to 100 or like 10 to 100 entries. Uh, I don't remember exactly what they are. Like, um, 
you know, uh, 100 to 1,000, 1,000 to 10,000, like maybe we change those buckets based on, uh, and we'll get into that a little bit with Elijah, but um, maybe after that, it's like, let's look yeah. into if there's these discrepancies and see like, are there other characteristics of a slate that impact the optimal sliders? And either we can somehow incorporate that into the defaults in the app. And if not, maybe that's something that we, tell user i mean users that are listening to behind the sims or we talk about it in office hours it's like hey look if there's we found that if there's a bunch of like expensive pictures on the slate uh then it's better to have like lower sim precision or something mm -hmm. like that yeah. you know there might just be sort of some rules of thumb like try adjusting you're fine with the defaults but you might get slightly better results if you adjust based on the characteristics so cool yeah I know we had some other things that I, I don't want to derail us completely. So I know there were some other things uh, that you guys wanted to talk about. Yeah. So, I mean, Elijah, I guess you want to go over what, uh, you know, I asked you to look at a couple of days or yesterday with sure. the contest bucketing. Yeah. I mean, basically like the end goal of this, as you were just saying, was to come to the conclusion that, okay, for these, for this type of contest, you know, these are the best uh, slider settings. Like, um, and once we get this running, on like, I guess not every slate, but as you were saying, like a good amount of data, uh, we're gonna have to say, okay, by looking at, uh, you know, this many contests for, for this specific you know, 150 max, 100K entrance, like these are the best uh, options. And so I thought an initial way to begin that analysis to see actually how many contests fit into SaberSim's predefined buckets. Um, I think I just start looking at GPPs for now, just as like an initial scan through it. And on our site, we have 24 different buckets that users can like choose, uh, can like select between. And so, yeah, so I guess when we back test those, it's important to know what that distribution looks like when we like draw conclusions. Um, and yeah, as I was kind of saying before, uh, excluding head to heads, like by far the most populated contest in DraftKings for the MLB this year was like single entry sub 100, like by far, that was like the biggest, most populated contest. Um, so that's just something to like keep in mind. There was like very few contests that were above 50k in across all uh, max user entries. So it's like initial analysis to sort of guide the next step of this and understanding how meaningful the optimal settings are given the sample sizes of each of each contest bucket. And then that's just like a first step. Yeah. Um, I think it's good to know. I think it's yeah. important to have these numbers when we go into like the next step of the analysis. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think. There's obviously, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is like, there's more of those contests, but obviously there's a lot fewer people playing those contests. Yeah. And so like the average user, like Sabersim user or any DFS player is like yeah, yeah. playing more of the big contests. But I feel like maybe like the smaller slates or just like the sites probably just open up a bunch of these like yeah. really yeah. small contests. Like, um, they're off. probably like, three mans and stuff like that. That's just exactly. like a ton of just these like tiny contests that like some people play. And it's probably like the same people a lot. I mean, especially the higher entry fee ones. It's like all these sharks that are just playing yeah. like every, they just, they just mass enter every single like three man or 10 man or whatever um, contest. And so I think the contest count does matter, but we probably also want to look at like the, like number of users that would yeah. like unique users. I mean, that's I mean, the most complicated. Do we? Do we? I mean, we have. 
I guess it depends. I know we don't have like all of the entries for every single contest yeah. in but, our I mean, data. That we're, that we're like curious about, like. Yeah, I mean, we have like the usernames for okay the that's, yeah. contest, so we we could look at that. Um, I would be curious. Like, did you? I don't know if how much of the data you have in front of you, but like within, say, like we ignore all of the like sub one hundred. Yeah. Entry contest. Did you get? some numbers and sort of like the rest of them yeah kind of what... so just outside of like those two like the three max sub like between 100 and a thousand was like the next one so above 100 okay. above, below a thousand and then after that was uh uh yeah like 20 max between a thousand and ten thousand and those are pretty equal so a three max sub a thousand and a 20 max ten thousand we're both like pretty equal mm -hmm. um but yeah, I'd be curious to see once I remove those because those are like very sizable at the top. So I'm sure the distribution is going to look very different once I pop those out. But definitely the three max, a thousand, and the twenty max, ten thousand were like those. The yeah, probably those dime times that they like. There's always like ten of those open at yeah like eleven hundred yeah. entrants. So yeah, yeah. and, and I, I think entry, yeah. No, go sorry, go I didn't mean to. No, no I was going to yeah, say so like, yeah, I think entry fee is another like, variable we can look at uh, as well. Yeah, as, like, it's like yeah, um, right. Even though that's not a drop down that we have on the app I yeah. think that is would be interesting to look at um yeah i mean just intuitively like the sites do open up some like single entry three max where um the number of entrants is like much larger like where basically the the entry limit is much less than i think the legal max is three percent of uh, total entries in terms of like how many mm -hmm. entries you can enter into a contest has to be three okay. percent of the max other than like assuming it's more than um a certain size i guess or i guess maybe it's just more than a head-to-head -head. anyway so like i think that there's a limited from the site's perspective from DraftKings and FanDuel's perspective like they um don't want to run too many of those contests because they like make yeah. they make a lot more money the more the more people can enter into them, they make yeah. more money in general. And so it makes sense to me that obviously that like the three max contest, there's going to be more of the, like if they have a bunch of 10,000 entry contests, they're going to want to let people enter more lineups into them. Um, but that is interesting that like the, in theory, like a 1000 entry contest, uh, someone could enter um, I guess it would just be 30 lineups. Yeah, so that 20 max, I guess, makes sense. But if it's like yeah. a 5,000 entry contest, then in theory, they could make it 150 max. Yeah. So I guess, like Jordan said, maybe, yeah, the, all those dime times that they open were like, yeah, probably. The dime times are really, I mean, not to get too, it's like the business side of DraftKings, but obviously it's not like a money maker for them. I guess it's like a kind of user uh, retention. Yeah. Thing or anyway, but um, yeah, I think for this, it might be helpful to, like I said, yeah, look at the unique users um, yeah, I agree. in these different contests because obviously, like, there's going to be more smaller contests. Did you find any buckets where there's just like no date? Yeah. Like, no, so there's like all? six. There were six buckets with nothing. Uh, some of them just like logically didn't make sense. <laughs> so like mm -hmm. if there's like user max 150, but total entries max like sub 10, obviously like that. Right, right, right. But there yeah. was a few 
like there were single entries with 50k plus none of those existed there was like two to yeah. three entries which is weird this one is kind of weird to me it was two to three entries like at least two less than three and it's a max per user and between 10 and 50,000 total entries there was nothing so three max 10 to 50,000 yeah. I, I didn't see anything which I, I don't know at least to me like that was a little bit surprising I think that NFL makes sense see more. yeah okay. yeah okay and then but, yeah. yeah those and then there was also one uh yeah so anything greater than 50k it looks like there was none that were sub 150 user max yeah yeah so that's like, right yeah, too yeah so that was like nothing super shocking there but uh there's yeah. definitely like a, at least six buckets that were offering that this was just in gpps too that like just yeah contest following. are we doing this particular analysis to see if we want to change the buckets is that the idea so that they like better yeah. reflect the lobby gotcha so that's like that's like yeah. the finale i would i would say at the beginning we want to see like how we can optimize mm -hmm. them based on our buckets but it gets pretty complicated to try and yeah. redefine these buckets because like how do you want to cluster a contest based on their relative ROI starts to get like pretty uh, like interesting. So, I mean, that's what we talk about yeah. later, but that's like a next step I would say after we optimize the current uh, buckets. Yeah. And it'll be interesting the decision-making there. I mean, we won't decide anything now, but like, do we want to have different buckets for DraftKings and FanDuel, you know, mm -hmm. because they're obviously, or Yahoo, like there's different contest yeah. types. Um, but yeah, I think it's like part of it is the contests that are actually available. And then the other thing is like how much the optimal settings differ. Um, mm -hmm. Because all, you know, the contest selection on SaberSim only impacts the sliders. Um, so if the slide optimal sliders don't change, then there's not really any point in differentiating the, yeah. the drop That's, downs there. I was kind of thinking, yeah, like along that line I, i'm wondering if there's a way that we can kind of tie this into the the profit plan contest selection principles like kind of think about like what are we recommending what kind of contests are we recommending people enter what is like a typical portfolio of contests that somebody might enter if they're following us and then how can we set up the build settings the buckets and the sliders to best facilitate that like mm -hmm. we kind of have we kind of have a pretty good sense of like what somebody's contest buckets might be now if they're following our contest selection principles. I wonder if that might, I don't know, it might be a clue for us of how we want to break these up. Like somebody asked the other day of very simple one, should I split up my diversifiers and my elevators? Basically, should I split up my 20 max 150s and my single entry and three max? Because mm -hmm. it kind of sounds like an easy break point there. And I like, yeah. I don't know. That feels like a really logical question for somebody to answer, to ask if they've watched the profit plan video. Right. Yeah. It's definitely going to, yeah, obviously like the answer that we're, the question we're trying to answer here is how do the slider defaults change with these different buckets? But right, I think right. a, a more practical question for users might be when, at what point should I run different builds for my different contests? Yeah. And I know for like NBA, we would often just recommend just do one build because you're just going to be late swapping and it's a huge pain to late swap mm -hmm. multiple times for all of your different contests. And it's just like, it takes a long time to build or it doesn't take a long time, but it takes enough time that you're not going to be able to react to five minute news. Um, but then for MLB, you might have some more time. Right. And so I think we want to, in my opinion, we want to set up these 
buckets in the app such like we don't want them to be too um narrow i think because then it just i think it, it that implies to users that like i should be running different builds for this but like if there's no meaningful difference between a thousand to ten thousand and ten thousand yeah. to fifty thousand then like we should just yeah. combine them even if there's like a small difference it feels like it would be better to just combine them so it's clear to users like i don't need to run different builds for these two yeah. contests i can just run the same but if there is a big difference between single entry hundred mans and the big gpps which i expect that there will be yeah. then we should you know split those up and um and if you only have time to run one build then maybe you just choose something in between settings that are in between the two or whatever but yeah interesting and speaking about like nba versus mlb and stuff like i don't i haven't been here that long for, for a lot of seasons so for different sports are all the buckets the same across every sport for us right now they are but okay. like i think this gets into what you're finding like there will be 20 max 50k plus entry like some of those buckets where you didn't find any contests there absolutely will be for nfl and maybe even for NBA because NFL is the biggest sport by far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, NBA is second. Well, I mean, other outside of golf um, and maybe MMA, uh, but like NFL is biggest, golf is second, and then like NBA is probably yeah. third. And so you're gonna just the more the bigger the contests are, like the more options there's gonna be, and like the yeah. more you're gonna find like large entry contests with like smaller limits because like mm -hmm. they know for for DraftKings and FanDuel it matters like how many unique users they can get you know if you have a three max or a single entry contest then you have to have an equal number of users as like the entries and the contest yeah. fill it obviously so uh, for MLB, they know that they can't fill a single entry fifty thousand. Yeah, but the contest. NFL, yeah, is different. So yeah, maybe interesting to yeah. see if like different. Yeah, if you get more granular for those bigger sports in terms of like you know instead of just saying fifty k plus, like what if a two hundred k million maker is much different? You know, in the NFL is that different, right? But yeah. again, like yeah. not to not to go over uh, it too much, but like if there's yeah. no difference between a single entry fifty thousand contest yeah, then, and a yeah. one fifty max single entry contest, then we don't need to worry about that exactly. distinction. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's interesting. I just think about that as we were talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, let's see. I mean, is there anything else you want? Anything else interesting that you found in this Elijah uh, in terms of like sort of just what contests are available? Uh, not really. I think the unique users will be very interesting. I think that was like something I kind of missed, and I think that's be a great like next step for this. In terms of what I have now, it's just yeah, it's just a lot of like small contests. So I feel like once yeah. I edit that down, there's probably gonna be some more uh some more important insights there. Yeah, I guess one I was just kind of thinking one thing with our Sims is like we probably don't need to actually run Sims on every single tiny. I guess it, they're they're so quick that it doesn't really matter. But like, mm -hmm. we have a hundred different like ten man contests. Yeah, I feel like you only need like a few probably to get a sense. But I guess it. Eh, I don't know. We might as well. But yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I do think next steps is probably until I have the yeah infrastructure ready. Um, yeah, like digging into unique users probably, and then like the other thing that I think would be interesting is just like within the buckets if you can get a sense of like 
the range of so like with the entrant um the number of entrants especially like if there's a bunch of 20 max 1000 to 10000 like what's the distribution of like the actual entrants in those contests are like they more on the 1000 side or more on the 10000 side just to see like if they're almost all like less than say 3000 then maybe our bucket should be more like 1000 yeah. to 3000 no, that makes know? sense i'll zoom in yeah. on some of like the more populated buckets and see exactly yeah. if in those popular buckets if they're all biased towards like one specific thing then yeah maybe we can get more yeah. granular with how we define them that's yeah that's a good point yeah um and then yeah next steps on my end obviously are finishing up what i talked about with the infrastructure of uh you know making it more scalable and producing those bottlenecks and then sort of saving the results as we go along and then kind of like separating out the build process so that that can run and that we can just retrieve those results and reuse them so cool i'm excited to see where we go where, what day do you think makes sense for the next time for us to chat is um i think probably we want to do a little bit later next week okay. uh, just to give us some time i i would really like the next one of these to be actually digging into some data. It, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, like you, you never know what Roblox are we're gonna have. Um, hopefully, we'll make more progress this week. At my son's daycare was closed, and so I was only like yeah. part time anyway. And so I think it was uh, just a little trickier to make a ton of progress. But I think next week we'll uh, probably like Thursday, Friday next week. Cool. Hopefully, we'll we'll have like a week to be able to actually run some stuff and and maybe yeah get some actual data and 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 hopefully like we'll have that deliverable somewhat soon of like let's regardless of change like without changing the buckets can we just like yeah. immediately make improvements to the slider defaults get those into the app so that mm -hmm. users can you know if there's anything wrong with the current defaults we just make those immediate improvements for everyone yeah yeah cool sounds great cool all right. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Catch you guys later. See you guys later.